Hi everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Blue Lotus Cafe. Today we're gonna talk about the approach of plant-based cuisine as a specialty cuisine. Uh, in the last two years we witnessed a lot of change in the culinary industry uh, where plant-based food showed up as number one trend two years in a row. So Christoph, what's your take on this? How did this happen? So well, first, uh, in a way, to start, I have to say that um, I didn't see it coming. Uh, and I didn't perceive such a change. And I think one of the reasons is that I'm vegan. And I saw first uh, this industry as uh, or that sector as something for vegan. And I had to realize, actually recently, uh, that the market is going in another direction, and which I think is an interesting direction, meaning that what's happening in what did happen in the past two years is that mostly the plant product, the plant meal, were eaten by non-vegans. So who are they? Uh, if you look at the figures and where, like, to try to find some insight and understand what's happening, you can look at UK or the US, where the number of plant options has just triple, quadruple, multiplied by tenfold. It's crazy in the past uh, two years, mostly. <clears throat> by uh, the sector of uh, milk, plant milk, then dairy, uh, including cream, yogurt, ice cream, and cheese. But the first really to change was the milk, uh, namely things like uh, oat milk. We became very popular thanks to brands like Oatly, who managed to make uh, a plant milk that really did please uh, conventional and traditional barista. But also companies like uh, Califia Farms who are doing now very good quality almond milk, cashew milk, coconut milk uh, in the US. So the interesting thing is that it's very attractive for lact people with lactose intolerance people calling themselves flexitarian, meaning they want to reduce their impact on the climate, they want to reduce, uh, so to say, their... Um, I think they, they become more eco-conscious, if you will, or they, they try to reduce their share of animal produce. So whether it's for health, whether it's just, uh, yes, as I mentioned, eco-consciousness. So the big thing is that, for example, in the UK, the Netherlands or Germany, you have a lot of flexitarian, meaning people that will use and will choose preferably uh, produce that are plant-based, even though they are not vegan or not even vegetarian. So milk, of course, but it goes all the way through ice cream, uh, and burger patties, uh, cheese, 
So all those kind of produce become widely available in any supermarket and also some uh, fast food chain. Okay, so this is pretty clear, uh, but just one more question. Uh, so what are the numbers actually? Has the number of vegan people in the world actually grown or not? So the fun part about this is that uh, I'm not, I'm still not existing statistically. So in <laughs> France, the number of male vegan is basically under one or two persons. So it's not uh, existing. And to be uh, precise, indeed, um, in the UK or in the US, the number of vegan in the past 10 years have been pretty stable, around 3 to 5%. Of course, when you have the January, it's an operation for new people to try vegan uh, diet. You will have an increase in the numbers. But it come back after a while to the same, around the same percentage. So I'm kind of expecting for the next five years to be pretty stable, around 5% at best. And what is indeed very impressive is that 92% of plant meal were eaten by non-vegans. And this is in the last study of Kantar. It's a consumer study, and uh, so which we will put a link uh, in the show notes so that uh, people can refer to that uh, study. So everybody who knows us at Blue Lotus and who has seen some of the things that we've done, uh, you can you could see that we actually don't use the uh, term vegan so much. So is there a reason why we don't do this, Christoph? Um, so yes, we talk about plant-based cuisine and we teach plant-based cuisine. Uh, there is a good reason be behind that and one is respect. Vegans are actually people. Uh, their movement goes beyond food and they are advocating for animal liberation. Mm -hmm. So clearly we make the difference which is um, we are teaching people how to cook and we are teaching cuisine so that's why we use the word plant-based which we like in the sense that it's uh, self-explicit descriptive and it doesn't carry any political connotation uh, and our plant meal are naturally lactose and cholesterol free they tend to be low in saturated fat or refined ingredients, especially when we prepare them from scratch. So it's also a difference which is very important for us, meaning that vegan ingredients or uh, food doesn't necessarily are not necessarily healthy. So it's also a way to kind of uh, be more specific about the fact that we are a culinary learning center, so we teach cuisine. One thing uh, a lot of people are asking actually when they go uh, plant-based is about the cost, uh, meaning they refer usually to do they have to buy organic food. So is it really necessary to actually buy and eat organic? In a perfect world, we would grow our own garden 
the cells sufficient and uh, eat uh, apple and pears when they are in season. Uh, so, yes, you can uh, enjoy organic food and be plant-based. They are connected in a way, but they are not uh, the same. They are different, meaning you can do plant-based cuisine with conventional ingredients. What we, we are in a kind of hybrid uh, in-between approach where in Thailand we source organic ingredients mostly for dry food like the nuts uh, and uh, the seeds. Uh, some of our produce like uh, soy sauce which is also gluten-free, um, coconut syrup and we try to have the best quality in those, those dry ingredients. For the fresh ingredient, we are actually more into local food and we try to source locally uh, our ingredients, whether they are certified or not organic. Okay, you mentioned here uh, gluten-free soy sauce. So a lot of people I see, they think that gluten-free has, has to be plant-based, plant-based is gluten-free. So uh, can you explain the difference a little bit for everybody? So. Indeed, I think also because uh, it has been uh, the case that when you do um, all ingredients, you tend to use, uh, to avoid uh, using refined ingredients. And wheat tend to be almost all the time a refined flour. That's why you won't see that much of gluten in a plant-based, whole food plant-based diet yet. Any whole grain can be part of a healthy uh, whole food plant-based diet. So you could have wheat, you could have barley, rye, spelt, kamut, which are all actually gluten. And uh, so it's uh, plant-based is not always suitable for people following a gluten-free diet. They have to be kind of careful and look at the ingredients. On the other hand, we have very nice ingredients that are naturally gluten-free, like rice, corn, buckwheat, or quinoa. Okay, so for everybody who doesn't know us, uh, both Christophe and me actually started as a raw food chef, so we love to play with uh, raw food. Uh, can you explain a little bit about raw food regarding in comparison to vegan food? Yes, so one thing is that when we mention raw, uh, and it came from California and most of the time we think raw vegan uh, because raw actually for example in France could be raw meat or raw fish so here we are strictly talking about raw vegan and raw vegan is a sub-speciality if you will of plant-based cuisine similar to sushi being a sub-speciality of Japanese cuisine so as you were mentioning Raw is kind of fun, uh, it's changing all the rules, uh, it's a lot of constraints. So we like it for the colorful, uh, for the technique that are specific, like dehydrating, a lot of fermentation, and there is something about playing with constraints. So we keep that creative part, but we don't limit ourselves to raw uh, ingredients and raw cuisine. Let's go back to the title of this episode. So we are talking about plant-based cuisine as a new speciality cuisine. What does a speciality cuisine actually mean to you? So 
for a learning center and a culinary learning center, a specialty cuisine means different ingredients, uh, different techniques, and a different culinary background. So if you look, for example, as Thai cuisine, it's a different cuisine and a different specialty cuisine than Italian cuisine, mm -hmm. meaning all ingredients are basically almost different. Uh, you have uh, cheese in the Italian cuisine, you don't in Thai cuisine, so the ingredients are also different. And then even going to the techniques of cooking, the cooking techniques like in the case of Asian or Thai cuisine, steaming, even for the rice, uh, stir frying. So all the techniques are then different and the culinary heritage is also very different. So how is this uh, affecting the industry? What is the change here? So our message, if you will, is to say to chef, guys, there is a huge opportunity. You can create a new specialty cuisine, meaning you don't have to follow any existing convention. You don't have to uh, be like um, in the heritage of uh, Japanese uh, cuisine or French cuisine. You can really innovate and create what is going to be the new uh, plant-based cuisine. So one rule, you use 100% plant-based ingredients. For the techniques, you can use whatever techniques and there is no convention to follow. So it means that you have total freedom in a way you organize the dish, in a way you create. Uh, there is, for example, no need for a huge separation between savory and sweet. You can do sweet and savory. Uh, you can uh, also, there is no like prioritization mm -hmm. between the ingredients, mm -hmm. meaning that uh, there is not something of value that you would put center of the dish and then the things on the side. So it's all equal importance. Actually, we care a lot about the quality of the ingredients. We tend to go for always the best quality possible, meaning we will go for colorful rice like black or red rice instead of using refined white rice, mm -hmm. uh, sweet potato, uh, quinoa, and things that bring not only flavor, but a distinctive texture and some nutritional value as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. And uh, so one, one example also about this is that even the way you organize the experience can be different, meaning that you don't need to follow the traditional appetizer, main dessert kind of sequence. Mm -hmm. You can have a set meal, you can have a tapas or small bites to share, or even like we do for Power Bowl, you can have a, a, a full meal, a balanced meal, in just one bowl where you will have five different components uh, next to each other in a kind of deconstructive, uh, deconstruct way. And uh, so it's also more freedom about the experience uh, with uh, importance for the breakfast and the lunch and maybe less uh, emphasis on the dinner. So yeah, it's uh, basically a revolution. Mm -hmm. 
we actually have a perfect example of conventional chefs implementing plant-based cuisine as a specialty cuisine. So we, you actually worked with Apollo Group, uh, which you can explain a little bit who they are and how come they actually connected with you. Yes, so Apollo Group is um, what I would call a silent partner. Uh, they are working and providing logistic solution and all the culinary staff know-how and expertise as well as the logistics. So as I said, for Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceania Cruises, Region Seven Seas Cruises and Virgin Voyage, to name few. Uh, and I was in contact some years ago with Oceania Cruise, which is like the best uh, cuisine at sea. So they are really an emphasis and one thing which is specific with this cruise is their dedication to uh, high quality cuisine on board. So they developed uh, some, I think one or two years ago, mm -hmm. some vegan option for the people that declare themselves as vegan, mm -hmm. namely you come to the cruise, you register, and then there is like three to four percent of person that will fill a form and uh, indicate as a restrictive diet that are vegan. So that was the what they developed before. One of the issue with this is that it's a lot of extra work for the staff. They have to adjust recipe, existing recipe to vegan diet, which is not always uh, easy, especially if we are talking about Italian or French kind of uh, bourgeois or gourmet cuisine. And also one of the issue was that they use uh, mock food mm -hmm. or simile. So the mimicking uh, kind of syndrome where basically you try to look like a conventional dish, but make it vegan. Mm -hmm. And that approach uh, shows some limitation, uh, especially in the uh, satisfaction of their clients. So they were looking for a different approach. And that's where uh, I did propose to develop plant-based cuisine open to almost everybody. Meaning we do colorful, healthy cuisine, which happens to be 100% plant-based and then that can be suitable for flexitarian, curious eater, health conscious, lactose free people, sugar added free, vegetarian or vegans. So the idea was that um, the executive chef were involved in the project from the beginning. We did select ingredients and after that uh, preparation work, we worked on developing specific to their cruise uh, dishes that were completely uh, based uh, on plants. And uh, what was very interesting was to be able to show them techniques, to give them ideas, to inspire them, and then for them to develop their own recipe and to develop their own signature dish based on the knowledge that they have from their clients, the experience they have as an executive chef. I mean, they are crazy uh, chefs, so it was uh, completely, uh, 
Well, it was very interesting for me, and it was then very interesting for us when they come to Blue Lotus for uh, corporate chef training, where actually we had the 10 corporate executive chefs to come and to do uh, that week uh, at Blue Lotus, which was actually a learning experience on both sides for oh, them nice. to play for plant-based cuisine and for us to see uh, like the plant-based cuisine at that level of uh, quality and expertise. So I think it's something very interesting for the future where we will have conventional chefs that play around the rules and the constraints that are specific to plant-based cuisine, but in a very innovative, creative and fun way. And I think that's where really it will become a new speciality where chefs will just see it as something new, uh, like a whiteboard uh, to express themselves.